Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. It is a trustworthy statement, says the Apostle Paul in his first letter to Timothy, and something that deserves to be fully accepted that, that the Lord Jesus, who is the Son of God, left heaven, came to this earth, lived as a sinless, perfect man, and yet experienced the suffering of death for our sake, for humanity's sake, because we are all fallen short of God's uh, perfect standard, gone away from Him, and need to be reconciled to Him. Jesus accomplishes this reconciliation in His own person by virtue of what He accomplished through His death and resurrection. And this is the message of the New Testament. This is at the heart of the Gospel. The Apostle Paul early in his ministry was confronted with the distortions of this message as it also exists in today's world in so many forms. And he very strongly responds to this to preserve the truth of what he had been declaring in his service to God as an apostle. To what is the gospel? That it is only through the work of Christ that we are saved. We do not add anything to it. There's a calling, once you come to know God, to live in a way which is righteous and proper, but we do not help our own salvation through our own works and deeds. We should live righteously because this is what is good and right, ultimately. It would be of benefit to us to live righteously, but Christianity is not simply an article, a set of articles of belief, along with a few items of religious observance, which somehow together contribute to make us right before God. Christianity, as proclaimed in the New Testament, is really centered on Jesus Christ and His work. He is everything necessary for our salvation. We need nothing more than what He has done for our salvation. It is through Christ that we are brought to God. As he defends this message, St. Paul gives a number of reasons why this is indeed true and should be accepted, and one should not accept corruptions and distortions of this. And the first line of argument he produces as he writes to the Galatians or Christians in the region of Galatia, in the epistle to the Galatians, is a historical line of argument. Look at my own experiences and background. There's no way that I could have received my message from people. So what is at the heart of the issue is that what is the gospel? Where does it come from? The gospel is as we just said, and it comes from God. Paul himself got this message from God. He, he recounts in Galatians chapter 1 his experience of having encountered the risen Christ, who revealed the truth to him. God himself revealed it to him. 
he was already ministering for three years before he had any encounter with the earlier believers, the apostles particularly. And now when we come to Galatians chapter 2, he goes into a second incident when he ever had an encounter with the first apostles. Paul did not receive his gospel from the first apostles. What he would like to say is that even though he received it separately, when he met with them, there was full agreement. They agreed and he agreed concerning the nature of the gospel. In Galatians chapter 2, in verse 1, uh, we read, Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along with me. I went up because of a revelation and said before them, though privately before those who seemed influential, the gospel that I proclaim among the Gentiles, in order to make sure I was not running or had not run in vain. Verse 3, but even Titus, who was with me, was not forced to be circumcised, though he was a Greek. Now, this beginning of chapter 2 in Galatians gives us an inkling into the controversy that was besetting the early churches that Paul is responding to. In the places where he had been preaching, and also we see this in the book of Acts, even in other places where the ministry had begun some other way and the gospel had gone out to non-Jewish people, some had come who professed belief in Jesus, faith in Jesus, who began to teach it is not enough just to believe, but also you should do the works of the law. Now, this is very understandable when we think about the first century context. Christianity arose as a sect within Judaism. Jesus was a Jew. All of the early disciples, the apostles, were Jews. They were in Israel. The movement where Jesus became the, the focus of attention and center and the message sprang out of Jerusalem at the very beginning. And so this was an entirely Jewish movement and they all had the Old Testament. And if they were Bible abiding, religiously abiding Jews, they would all have been concerned about following the law given to them by God through Moses. And at the center of Jewish identity would be something which even came before the law that God gave as a sign to Abraham, which would be the male circumcision as a mark of God's covenant. So, there was no Jewish identity apart from the sign of circumcision which had been given and maintained and perpetuated through the generations, not only starting with Abraham somewhere around 2000 BC, but also from the time of Moses 500 years or so later. So, it could, was inconceivable to them how anyone could come into a relationship with God even if Jesus is the Messiah, how could they come into a relationship with God and not worry about all of the law and regulations that had been already given to Israel? And yet, this is a crucial fact that is presented in the New Testament. And this particular fact will also be presented by, in, uh, by Apostle, the Apostle Paul uh, later in his writing to the Galatians. Um, that the law is not the central thing or the ultimate thing of God's dealing with humanity. This is an argument yet to be developed, and we will see it uh, fully fleshed out as we go through uh, Paul's epistle to the Galatians. 
here the issue uh, was that uh, the, the message that one should believe in Jesus to be saved was being distorted by others who came, yes, you should believe and said, others who came and said, yes, you should believe in Jesus, but you should also keep these elements of the law to have a true mark of identity as belonging to Christ. And Paul's response is, not at all, not at all. It is faith in Jesus and nothing more added to it. Nothing external, no form of external religious observance is required to be right with God. And he would develop later on that the role of the law was sort of limited and it was not universal. But we will come to that later. So he says, I did not receive this message of the gospel from human sources. I received it from God. My first encounter was three years after I became an apostle and I was already preaching the true message. My second encounter comes 14 years after. We don't have this 14 includes the three. And now we are speaking in terms of absolute history around the year 48, 49. And this date is um, debated, but uh, reliable, I think, uh, in terms of relative sequence of events in the New Testament, that the Apostle Paul uh, is speaking about an encounter that he had with the apostles before what is called the Jerusalem Council in Acts chapter 15. He went up to Jerusalem along with Barnabas. Barnabas is mentioned here because at the time of the writing of Galatians, Barnabas was Paul's companion in the missionary journey that he undertook to the regions of Galatia. That would be the first missionary journey. So 14 years, he went up uh, again to Jerusalem and Barnabas was with him. And then he says, I took along someone else whose name was Titus. Titus appears to have been a believer, a Christian, whose background was non-Jewish. And that is very clear. Titus, he was, uh, Paul says, a Greek. So he must have been one of the non-Jewish people in the large number that came to Christ through in faith uh, in the city of Antioch in Syria. They were going up to Jerusalem from Antioch, and we would have good reason to identify this with what is mentioned at the end of the book of Acts, chapter 11 that Jerusalem uh, leaders had earlier sent Barnabas from Jerusalem to Antioch. Barnabas had gone to Tarsus, found Paul, and brought him to Antioch. The two of them had been ministering in Antioch for a full year, following which there was actually a prophecy in the church of Antioch about a famine happening in Judea, and they took up a collection and Paul and Barnabas were charged with taking this gift and support to the believers in Judea. And this is very likely what he's referring to. So he, in fact, says in verse 2, I went up because of a revelation. And that revelation is likely what is mentioned in the book of Acts, chapter 11, at the end, by Agabus. So this, when he went up then, for, because of this revelation, he met with uh, Jerusalem apostles. Barnabas was with him, and he says, I also took along Titus, who was a non-Jew, therefore was not circumcised. He says, I said before them, that is the Jerusalem apostles, the gospel that I proclaim among the Gentiles. He did it in order to make sure that his efforts were not in vain. And this is a 
a statement that one labors to understand. What did Paul mean by make, wanting to make sure that his efforts were not in vain? Did he not know for certain what the gospel was? It is more likely that he wanted to make sure that others were not working against the gospel that he was proclaiming. In fact, that those who were corrupting the gospel by adding law to it were not working in consort with the approval of the Jerusalem apostles. And this is probably the best way to understand it. Paul himself was very sure of the nature of the gospels as he affirmed, of the gospel as he affirms it here. He received it from God himself. So, but he wants to make sure that others who are working for the gospel are of the same conviction as he, that they are not countering the effort by presenting a distorted message. So he went and met with them to make sure that they were all on the same page. And the conclusion here and in the book of Acts is that they were on the same page. So um, this meeting uh, was significant for what he wants to present here. Because when Paul went up to Jerusalem to meet with the, the apostles in Jerusalem, Titus, who was also with him as a believer, met with the Jerusalem believers, and Paul says, nobody ever required that for Titus, who was part of now the community, it was required for him to be circumcised. It's an important point he's making. Look, my early encounter with the Jerusalem believers, with the apostles, revealed that the gospel was something centered on Christ. It is purely, entirely by faith that we are saved, not through works. I took Titus as a believer with me, and no one in Jerusalem said, this man Titus, in order to be saved, should be circumcised. So even Titus, who was with me, was not forced to be circumcised, he says. It is by grace that we are saved through faith. It is through Christ we are saved. It is His work that is a foundation and basis of our salvation. There ought to be the evidence of godliness and a relationship with God in the life of everyone who has come to know God in the form of prayer, in the form of commitment to the things of God, church attendance, reading the Bible. But none of these contribute or add in any way to our salvation, which is fully accomplished and secured on our behalf by Jesus Christ, entirely by His work. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.